0: how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hello, everybody. Obviously you can see us, you can hear us. We're live, we're here with you. I am so excited to introduce my next guest. So yeah, Cassie is like, I like I want to let you talk and introduce yourself, but I am really excited. Cassie is a new friend of mine. She's in a mastermind group with me. Most of you know, Gina, we're working, we're working with her and I am just thrilled to be able to bring her here into this group and have her share who she is and what she knows and all the amazingness that is Cassie. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I so admire your work, and I'm super excited to be here. So tell us about you, Cassie. Who are you? Like, you have such amazing
0: credentials, who you are in this world, and I want everybody to know about that. So tell us about you, what you do, and yeah, let's get started there.
1: So my name is Cassie Underwood. I'm a money metaphysics teacher. I'm the author of a book called May Cause Love, and I'm a mother of a three-year-old wild man. What do I want to tell you? I was Harvard's Harvard Business School's first ever meditation advisor. Um, I ended up at Harvard completely unexpectedly. Um, I grew up in Kentucky. I had a lot of, I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but grew up around a lot of financial insecurity. And I ended up when I was in my twenties, I was living as a writer in New York City, and in the activist world, in the in the literary world, in the arts world, there's a lot of financial scarcity mentality. Everybody is like, you know, the contest for who can be the poorest. You know, it's like all we talked about, all we talked about were money jokes it's and
0: virtuous, right? Like, yeah,
1: seriously. And it wasn't just virtuous; it was also just the way it was. I would go to writing conferences. And the most famous writer at the conference would be staying at like the cheapest hotel with everybody else. And it wasn't because they were trying to be like, you know, a worker among workers. They just really, that's what you can afford. So, you know, that was kind of the mentality and it was a safe place for me because I grew up around such financial scarcity, even though I had a lot of privileges, I still had, there was financial scarcity in my home. Uh, and so when I was in my twenties, um, by that point, I was meditating a lot. I would gotten sober when I was 20. I was like, you know, the person in the literary world who people would secretly reach out to if they were having a problem and maybe needed to talk about like a meditation or a prayer. (laughs) And, and I got this download one day that uh, I was supposed to be teaching spirituality, like professionally, not just in secret with secret text messages and having the occasional vision board party at my apartment, but like professionally teaching spirituality. And I was like, what? <laughs> like that was the craziest download ever. And I was like, okay, fine. But um, if I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna go to Harvard Divinity School if, I'm, if I want to train in this. But also I would like never move to Boston. So I can't imagine what in the world would ever get me to leave New York City, cause that's never gonna happen. And a few months later, my then fiancé was transferred to Boston for work. And I never would have gone if I hadn't just made this deal with the universe that, like, if I ever wound up in Boston, I would apply to Harvard Divinity School. So we had the U-Haul. I was in complete denial that I was ever le- that I was even leaving New York City. I didn't say bye to anybody. We moved to Boston. I applied to to Harvard Divinity School, and while I was there, I got pregnant with my, you know, we, I got married to that man. And he we, I got pregnant with my with my first child, my only child. And I realized a few months away from well, actually, pretty early into the pregnancy that I did not want to perpetuate the financial scarcity mentality that I was raised with. So even though I was raised around a lot of wealth, my dad is a gambler, you know, and I didn't want to bring that forward. And yet I was totally broke. I had almost two Ivy league degrees at that point. I was almost finished, you know, finishing a Harvard degree. And I had only ever made $2,400 a month. Like that's insane. And I was like, I don't want to do this. So I made a decision. I'm going to change my life. And it was a few months later that I started at, I started my business. Harvard gave me a a business coach from the business school. She told me that I needed to stop doing. I was always giving away my work for free. She was like, no more freebies, no more friend deals, no more trades. You need to raise your prices. I mean, she really stuck it to me. And then I got a download. I'm, I want to be the meditation advisor at Harvard and they created a job for me. Did so you
0: approach them and say, here's what I'm thinking. That would be a great opportunity for your, for your school.
1: I literally, so this is what I've learned about downloads is that you have to act on them immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the universe, the universe loves velocity. And that's true for money making too. You might talk about this in your, in your programs, but I got the download, like be the Harvard meditation advisor. And literally within like minutes I was writing and I was like, Oh, there's this one guy. I think that he'd be able to get me in for this. I sent him an email and I was like, can you guys hire me, you know, to be the meditation advisor? And he said, he wrote me back right away. And he was like, I would love for you to, but there's no way that the head of this program is going to say, yes, absolutely not. Like I would love for you to. And I was like, well, just ask her, just ask her anyway. And so he did. And she said, not only do I want to hire her right now, but I want to work with her privately. (laughs) So it was so easy. And I think when we get these downloads, the universe makes it really easy. But what we usually do is get it, ignore it, spend five years thinking about it. And then by that time, it's hard.
0: Overthink it. All of it. I always say success likes speed. Money likes momentum. Yes. Amen. I love it. It's like take fast action and get the momentum and get going. Like you, we don't have time in our lives to sit around and overthink things.
1: No, we don't. And that's not how the money gets there. And the money creates so much opportunity. It creates mental freedom. It creates emotional freedom. It does a lot for us.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's, let's talk money. I want to hear all the money. So, so you went from Kentucky to New York. Yep. New York. There were some other
1: things that happened in there, but yeah, we'll say. (laughs) Uh,
0: Now you're back in New York, right? Back in New York. Yeah. Okay. And now, from Boston to New York, so so you lo- you're not teaching meditation anymore at Harvard.
1: So I, they wanted me to stay a little longer. I said uh, no. I want to focus on my business because Harvard doesn't pay anything. And I, you know, I knew I think that that was a download to help me move, like serve people, mm-hmm. understand more deeply the way that money and meditation is connected, uh, meditation and business is connected, and then to move back to New York and I'm you know pursuing my business. Full yeah. time. And I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like the business coach that Harvard gave you was pretty pivotal in your transition into making money in your business and making it okay to not to barter and trade anymore with what, you know, services you were providing. Is and, that where you, is that where you saw a difference?
1: Well, okay. She did a lot for me. Like, first mm-hmm. of all, because a big thing that I felt, I'm a white woman, of privilege, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, I grew up around financial disorder, I have a ton of privilege in this world. So I was like, who am I to charge a bunch of money that might make it inaccessible to some people who didn't have the privileges that I have, you know, despite having this to really do some money work? I've had a shit ton of privileges in my life. And so when I started working with this business coach, she was like, well, first of all, I was pregnant. I was like seven or eight months pregnant at the time. And she, and she, I was like... Letty, I just, I just made like $1,000. I just, somebody just bought a package for $1,000. And she goes, $1,000, I'm going to feed that baby, first of all. (laughs) And second of all, um, when I would complain to Letty and say, I'm so, I'm a privileged white woman, I can't charge this amount of money, I need to make this available to you know, everyone, she was like, so Letty is a woman of color. And she, she said, you need to learn how to support yourself financially. And then you're going to be, to be able to be of service to a lot more people in this, on this planet. Yeah. She's like, don't pull that basically. Good and so that was her. huge for me because I would not have been able to hear it if it had been, if Letty had been another white woman, to be honest with you.
0: Right. You wouldn't have received it.
1: Yeah. I would never have received it. I would have thought that she didn't get it. And so that was really huge for me. And then also, you know, I was catering a client who wasn't going to be able to um, invest enough in working with me to support me financially at the time. And she had me really hone in on the, on my ideal client. So that was really important. These are business tactics, but it wasn't money metaphysics. You know, she was like, you know, here are some like basic things you need to stop doing so that Mm -hmm. you can just like make enough to feed yourself. For me, the money metaphysics was like playing with blocks so I can like make enough. Then I brought in the money metaphysics and it was like, okay, now I can write a spaceship to the moon.
0: Wow. So tell us about that part. So you've got your business started, you leave Harvard, you leave Boston, you go back to New York. How did your money story start to change?
1: Okay. So, well, just opening up my business, I had the feeling of I'm never going to be hungry again. Cause I had literally pregnant, gone to the grocery store and we, the cards were maxed out, you know, mm-hmm. and my, he's now my ex-husband, but he is a school teacher. My mom was a school teacher, you know, and it was just not, we just were so struggling. We were, li- we were living in a basement apartment for like 400 bucks a month. And The minute I opened my business, I just felt like, okay, here, I'm finally being a real service. And so the first thing was that I was able to, to really like respect the gifts that that God gave me. And I think before I was embarrassed and I was ashamed, you know, being in the literary world in New York city, I didn't want anybody to know that I was like thinking about God and the universe and meditation and prayer and all that. And finally, when I I fully owned it as a part of not just what I do, but what I'm here to share, that was huge in changing my money mentality. Mm -hmm. So then I started really diving into, you know, the same books that you probably talk about, Think and Grow Rich. I started following Amanda Francis, who started to change the way that I thought about money. She's been a huge teacher for me. And, you know, Kate Northrup, I'm looking at my, my book collection. Um, I called a friend of mine who I I had seen break free of money stuff. And I just asked her, you know, what did she read? She read busting loose from the money game, this book. Mm-hmm. So I just started inundating myself with this information and I got to 40 and I got to, I got to $5,000 a month, but I wanted to make $30,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So I hired a coach and that coach she was like, first of all, I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Cause I wanted to do it within like a few months.
0: Mm-hmm. And the 5k per month within yeah, a couple,
1: I wanted to get to 30 from mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know if we can do this. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And the biggest thing that she said to me of everything was you need to practice what you preach. So I had created when I was at Harvard, this system called the practice and the practice is a way to release relationship, friction, fears, and limiting beliefs. And when she said that I was like, Oh my God, I need to apply what I've been teaching everybody about romance and releasing anxiety and, you know, all this recovery and healing stuff. I need to apply that to money. Mm -hmm. And so I just went through and made a list of everybody that I had friction with everybody. I was judging or thought judged me around money. I made a list of every fear I had around money. And then I started searching out my beliefs about money and you know, this is kind of the basics of what we do, but I needed to learn how to neutralize my beliefs around money and then create new ones. Mm -hmm. So the way that I, if you want, if anybody wants like a hot tip on how to find your beliefs about money, this is the way I do it. I think about a goal that I have, and this isn't just, you can think about any goal, but around money, think about a goal. So let's say that you're making, currently making $5,000 a month. My suggestion is always to make your next goal to go up 50% of that. So maybe your goal is seven, $7,500 a month. Mm -hmm. Then what you'll want to do is come up with every reason you have that that's not possible. Whether it's a person standing in the way, no, nobody wants to buy my stuff. I don't want to work the amount number of hours it would take. I'm not allowed to raise my prices again. I'll lose my clients. If I do, whatever is standing in the way, make a list of all those beliefs mm-hmm. and recognize they are beliefs, none of them are true. Mm-hmm. And then like re- just recognize, you know, and maybe do you talk about this in your groups? A lot. Okay. Yeah. Just recognizing that. If and then
0: stories that we tell ourselves, right? Yeah, Belief is just a thought you think over and over.
1: Well yeah. And they'll sound like really compelling. I still have to do this work. Mm-hmm. I have a notebook right here where I do the work. You know, I I don't we don't graduate from it. And then you know, I have a system I bring people through to release relationship friction, the fears and the limiting beliefs. We mm-hmm. had to program those. Wow. So yeah. once
0: you take stock and write them all down, then you take them through their, the, your process of how to let all of that go and neutralize essentially what their beliefs are around money.
1: Yes. Yeah, so first there's a writing process and it's a short writing process. And then there it for each belief. And then there's a meditation and then there's an action. And where most people are comfortable is either they skip over doing the inner work and go straight into action, Mm -hmm. in which case we haven't actually done. So money is the universe that you're living in It's just a reflection of your internal world. Mm -hmm. So if we don't do the internal work first, we're still trying to arrange the third dimension without changing the fourth and fifth dimension inside of us, right? So most people either like to jump into the action and start trying to fix the third dimension, rearrange the TV screen, Mm-hmm. or they just get really comfortable in the inner work and just try to feel better. And so people who actually make huge progress quickly, and that's how I was able to jump really quickly from mm-hmm. five to 30, actually, you know, and then it kept going up. It was like 46. So, you know, it, it, cause I was like, Oh my God. I figured it all out. I'm um, doing this. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. this. Once you wrote, I mean, we'll go into that in a second, but. So most people are either comfortable in the action steps or just getting comfortable. People who have the best results fastest do the action, the med, or sorry, the, um, the inner work, the writing, and then the meditation where it really brings it into your consciousness and literally starts to transform reality. And then the action step, all three of those, that is the secret sauce. Wow. Mm -hmm. And
0: that's, I, I understand how each of those three is required because a lot of people do want to skip the steps and skip to the, like, let me just take action. But yeah. action without clearing out all the other stuff isn't really going to do you any good.
1: Well, you're, you're going against the grain. You're going against the current, right? Because it's like the current of all of your inner beliefs. You've got all those inside of you. Why not just do the work to release those? And then it's like, There's going to be new downloads. The third dimension is going to be easier for you. You're going to experience a different reality, coincidences, surprising events happen, things that you couldn't have planned will occur. But if you don't do that inner work first, you're going to be up against the same struggles.
0: Right. I love that. It's in Happy Pocket Full of Money. There's this one part where it talks about. The wealthy you and the non-wealthy you are both existing right now. And the one you're experiencing is the one that you believe in. And it's like what you're talking about with the different dimensions. And until we do the work, the inner work, uh, we aren't going to experience anything else but what we're currently experiencing because the inner work is, like you said, it's a it's a reflection. Our outer world is a reflection of, of the inside.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's wow. sure. crucial.
1: That's amazing. And I love that you have a process
0: for it and it's so dialed in and you use it on yourself still.
1: Oh yeah. I do literally every time I have a launch, anytime I'm doing anything, anytime I want to have a huge breakthrough in my life in any area of life, I do, I do like a really big deep dive on my, in, on my internal self. <laughs> and then I get, you know, I change reality and then life is easier. I mean, it happen- It works every time. It's just like a recipe.
0: I love that. I really appreciate too, that you said, you know, this doesn't end. This is, this is work that continues. Cause I say that all the time too. I'm like, you don't get to just read a wealth consciousness book and then move on and call it a day. It's like, this is constant work that you need to be doing.
1: Exactly. And because we also live in a, in a world and in a culture that is constantly inundating us with scarcity mentality about everything not just money, but so we have to constantly be rewiring our brain. Like I'm, I'm filling my brain all day long with books on uh, podcasts, books on tape, things that are going to really help me live in a different reality than what is presented to us.
0: Yeah. It's like we're, we're constantly brainwashing ourselves with what the beliefs are that we want to believe. I mean, that's what neuroplasticity is, right? We're just rewiring our brain.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it works. Yeah,
0: yeah. As long as you dedicate to it and you constantly are um, mindful, I'm sure, about what you're letting in.
1: Yeah, and I do, I want to highlight something that you're saying because a lot of us do have the intellectual knowledge. We've all, you know, read many of the same books. We listen to Abraham Hicks or, you know, Jen Sincero, all the, you know, Gina DeVee, all the greats out there, Marion Williamson. And so what just listening to that work is really important because it does bring you into a new vibration, Mm -hmm. but it, what creates a breakthrough, what transcends time, what creates a complete shift in your reality is going to be doing the inner work on your own self, not just inundating yourself, but searching yourself, sitting in meditation and literally searching your mind for what's there. That's not true.
0: Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people, but I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back
1: to the show. The only thing that's true is the only thing that has meaning is what we've given meaning to, right? Yeah. So we have to sit there and do it. We have to write it down. I mean, I write with a pen and paper. I'm telling you, I've got like an old school notebook here, y'all.
0: You know, that's (laughs) the best way to do it. Because as a former teacher, I I was a high school teacher for 15 years. And this is just a little bit of a tangent. But I think it's, you know, in the same realm of what you're talking about, kids would always say, can I type my notes? No, yep. your brain processes things so much differently when you write it, because there's that connection with what you're writing on the paper. So I think the old school method is actually what makes it work.
1: Yes. And not only that, but there's a hand to heart connection. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm more likely to tell myself the truth when I'm writing on paper than I am. If I'm taking a note on my, on my phone, yep. I tell the truth on paper. I'm like, wait, I didn't mean to tell myself that that level of truth, you know, but that's actually what gets us the big shift. And so I tell myself the truth and it's energy clearing work. So it's, it's literally clearing your energy as you write it out.
0: Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah. It's like flowing out of you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it becomes, you know, what a lot of us do when we're afraid is we call somebody and we're just like, I'm scared. If somebody isn't turning to something to numb it out, alcohol, Instagram, whatever, right. Mm -hmm. Then we're, we're turning to somebody else to dump all of our junk on. And then they quite often will just confirm our own fears to us, especially around money, because we live in such a culture where that is socially supported. But if we put it on the paper, we have a blank container that's totally neutral, that's not going to confirm our beliefs. It's just becoming a container where we dump it all out. It gets to stay there. And in that same container, we create a new belief in a new reality for ourselves. Then we put our post notes on the wall and we remind ourselves all the good stuff, you know, that clients are flocking to you. Money gets to be easy, all that good stuff. All the truth, all the actual truth, right? Well,
0: and I like that you said that too, about the hand to heart connection and Mm -hmm. you're telling yourself the truth and that's a blank container for you to really share it and express it. And there's no other influence in that moment where, like you said, if you call a friend, you're getting confirmation of what you're sharing. And a lot of times it's just strengthening what those beliefs are or those fears are that you're sharing, because we do live in a world where, you know, the money beliefs we have are societal. Like it's what conditioning has brought to us and throughout our life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, be real careful, y'all. I mean, at least I'm really careful about who I bring my fears to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm much more likely to bring it to the paper than to, Ninety nine percent of the people that I know.
0: Wow. That's really important for everybody to hear, too, because I see everybody saying like, oh, yeah,
1: I journal and
0: I, I'm a writer. And it, I think that that's a really important because who else can we trust more than ourselves?
1: Right. And I also well, I mean, and and I love I just saw a quote recently that whoever you ask advice from tells you what you already think or what you already want. But I want to add to that the work that I'm suggesting and the work that I do here around money that changed my life wasn't just journaling it's a structured formal process so i'm writing and i'm not telling myself more stories i'm bullet pointing like here's my belief is it true no what's possible if it's not true and then i get to brain dump what's everything that's possible and then i'm really getting even as i'm writing i'm feeling myself get into a new vibration it's possible for me to make my money goal this month. It's possible for me to go, you know, to hire this person, to go on this trip, to support my son in this way, right? And then how am I confirming the belief in my actions? So really looking at, like, how am I in my actions confirming the old belief? Like, what? Am, how am I sabotaging and just, like, really living in that story? And so then I get to own like, what are the ways I'm reinforcing this old belief? Like, oh, I'm not actually reaching out to people. I'm not doing the inner work. I'm not meditating every morning. Like really owning what we're not showing up for. Right. And then our action plan. When we write that action plan, then we have something that we can really carry into the world. First thing on the action plan, write out what, your what's possible answer. What's possible if it's true, if it's, if it's not true. That is your list of new affirmations, and you can write those and put them on post-it notes and put them on your wall. Oh, and then, so you, you know, take
0: what your limiting beliefs are and just kind of reverse it to what's possible, and then those become your affirmations. Yeah,
1: what I desire is on my way, is on its way. I can handle somebody saying no. These people actually do have the money to pay me. Money and time is just a are just stories that we tell ourselves about not being able to show up for something. I can hold my potential clients to their highest, even if they get mad at me.
0: Ooh. Oh, that's such a good one. Did you guys hear that? Like that is so important for us as coaches as well to remember. We're not cheerleaders, we're coaches, you know, we're not. Right. But
1: sense. yeah, like our highest self is to let people get <laughs> a lot of times to let people be a little bit mad because right. they're uncomfortable because they're in a big ego death process. Right.
0: Yes. It's like when an old paradigm is on its way out, that's when it's its loudest. Mm-hmm. And that's when people like their emotions and their fears. And that's why they get mad. They're uncomfortable. And a lot of that is coming up and out of them. And we have to allow that process.
1: Right. And I think just to your point, when I started making a lot more money, mm-hmm. I first went through. Well, first, I was really expanded. So I, the first month I decided to make a ton of money. I had a huge month, I went from like making 8,000, you know, it was 4,800 to 5,000 to 8,000 to 46,000. And then the next month, I got, you know, the crazy situation with a big charge back. And I had the worst month of my life. And I was working harder than I ever worked. And I, I remember when the clock struck midnight to be the month of October, so it was a month of September, Mm -hmm. I was like, and I hadn't even come close to my money goal. I was like, I was so exhausted on the couch. And I was like, I give up.
0: That's common. Cause I've heard that a lot in the industry that we're in. Like you have this really big month. And then the next month it's like, we get scared or we insert struggle. Cause we're like, it couldn't have possibly been that easy. Right. And then all of a sudden we want to make it harder because how could we have possibly done that the month before?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I, it's big surrender. But I think that the reason that happened, at least for me was it wasn't ego death to allow it to be that easy and to have my ability to support people be so financially validated because I was so addicted to, I'm not worthy. People don't see me. People don't get that. I have value that I was really addicted to that story when it was super validated. Oh my God, (laughs) my ego couldn't handle it. And so my third dimension You know, I started projecting those fears and beliefs and my third dimension reflected it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you go back up. So it's it's not just like with the clients you're holding space for. It's also with your third dimension. Your third dimension will also throw a hissy fit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's it makes so much sense, too, is like I'm looking back. I'm going, oh, yeah. okay. that's one of my affirmations is it's okay for things to be easy for me. Yes, I love it. It's for things for me to be paid for things that are Mm -hmm. easy for me. Yes. And that's what made me think of it when you were talking about that, because I think we just all go through that where it's like, um, and and I hear you saying it's our third dimension and it's it's what's kind of like coming out of us uh, mm-hmm. projecting that because that's somewhere still a core belief.
1: Yes. It. it yeah. And, it, and even if we did the work on it, sometimes it pops back up again. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still have to do a lot of the stuff. A lot of the beliefs work that I'm doing are the same belief works that I've done in the past, right? Like <laughs> just like I'm at a different level doing it again.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And I want to give one more little tidbit to people in your group because I think this is a good one. So this is like kind of just like a side note, but it just came to me. So I want to share it. Love it. If you are wanting to bring in a bunch of new clients and you make your list of potential people that you would love to work with or who you just think would want to work with you and you could serve, go through that list before you reach out to them and see if you have any inner friction or belief about each person on that list. So each person, what's your belief? Oh, they can't work with me because they don't have the money. Oh, you know, they're in a hard situation or I owe them something from 1995, whatever it is, you know, or they're kind of, I think they're mad at me for not calling them back that one time, like whatever it is, write it down next to their name. And then I just gave you all the questions that I ask in the deprogram yourself exercise in my practice, go and deprogram those beliefs before you reach out to them.
0: That is, I hope everybody just took notes on that because Cassie, that is so powerful. And that's something I work with my clients on a lot because we'll have a conversation about, you know, well, what about this client? Oh, well, I just don't think she has the money to pay me hold up. We tell ourselves these stories. Yeah, we make things up without even. It's none of your business what's going on with the other person's life. And like you said, that friction that we've created is where the work is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? And if you can get past that and into the conviction that they do have the money, mm-hmm. everybody has the money. Everybody has the money. Yeah, and. <laughs> It's it's a, so it's never driving. about the money. It's it's controversial to say money. that, but you know it's never about the money. Yep. I've had people say no, and then the next post on Instagram is they're often you know Costa Rica or whatever, and that was you know, <laughs> I can't afford that, but I am in Bali now, and I can definitely afford this. You always
0: know, find the money, right?
1: You can always find the money for what's a priority, you know, and I think that that's the key there. Yep. yeah and so getting in that conviction of they can't afford it and it would change their lives to work with me that's yes. where you want to be yes
0: oh that's so beautiful. thank you so much for that was like a super duper bonus tip and I'm so grateful that you <laughs> shared that because that is a big one. It's like it's never about I, I say that all the time so I like them hearing that from other people as well especially an expert like you on money. It's never about the money. They yes. will find it for whatever is a priority for them. I love how you said that
1: one more thing like it's because the universe is abundant. And the universe wants us to be happy and we're here to be happy. That's the purpose of life. And so if, if they desire to work with you, the universe is going to bring them something, some way for them to work with you and for you to be compensated financially.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you've experienced this like I have. And I know some of the people listening have as well, whether they've acknowledged it or really understood it for what it is. But once you say yes, even without knowing how it will happen, the universe allows it to happen. It's amazing. It, that is
1: metaphysics, amazing. yes.
0: Yes. I still like, I can shed tears over the, some of the experiences in my life where, like, and I get it. Like, we all come from that place of, like, no, there's no way, like, leap in the net will appear. I don't know, but it is 100%. It without is. knowing, you say yes and you just let it work its magic.
1: It's so true. Yeah. Really
0: works, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that. So I want everybody to know where to find you, but I want you to tell one story because I just I love I love you and I love this woman and I love that everybody knows how much I love this woman because I quote her all the time. Tell us about Marianne. How did you get to know her? How did she come in your world?
1: Okay, so this is crazy. So years ago, so I started looking listening to Eckhart Tolle when I was in my 20s, and I was I was in a very deep dark depression, and he really helped me. And he would mention. A Course in Miracles. Nobody else I've ever talked to remembers that he ever mentioned it, but he did. This is A Course in Miracles. And so when I decided, when I made that deal with the universe, that I would go to Harvard Divinity School if I ever wound up in Boston, and then, you know, my my then husband was transferred, I go, okay, well, I better get really serious about A Course in Miracles. I really need to read it myself and not just listen to our character Tolle talk about it or all these, you know, people, Ian Vizant and Mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey and all these people mention it. So mm-hmm. I ordered it. And when I ordered it, my um, a friend of mine said, Oh my god, do you know who Marianne Williamson is? And I was like, No, isn't that weird? So everybody knows her from like knows a course of miracles from her. I never heard her. And she crazy. was like, Oh my god, she was like, You need to read her books. So I um I ordered a return to love, and I was like, Holy crap, where has she been all my life? I ordered it at the same time as the course. And I started Harvard the next year and somebody brought her. Yep. There it is. Somebody brought Marianne to Harvard and I wanted to know her personally. Like I wanted to go out to lunch with her. So I was like, Marianne, I'm writing, I was writing my book at the time. And I was like, I'm writing a book. I just want to know how you think the way you think, can we go out to lunch or something? And she goes, she was like, are you a student of a course in miracles? And I was like, yeah, I'm on less than like 135. And she steps back like five feet and she goes, keep doing it. And then that was the end of the day. And I was like, hmm. So she was like, I'm not going to lunch with you. So um, that's not what she meant, but I'm sure a million people would love to, you know, feel entitled to her time. So fast forward two years and I wanted to bring her back to Harvard and I wanted to present her, you know, to to the folks at Harvard Divinity School. It was the easiest thing I've ever done. I had written her letter, you know, emails over the year. She hadn't responded to anything. And I finally, my friend, Kristen, who brought her to Harvard, introduced us on email. And Marianne wrote back within minutes at like 3 (laughs) a.m. And she was like, Cassie, I'm so glad to meet you. I would love to get on the phone. And I was like, oh my God, Marianne Williamson just emailed me. Totally fangirling out. We got on the phone. She told me, Cassie, I'm running for president. And I was like, Yes. yes. <laughs> I was so excited. Brought her to Harvard. She came for a couple of days. I drove her around for her press events, to some of her uh, you know, her her live events. And she spoke for us at Harvard on reparations for slavery. She is just a phenomenal woman. I am so grateful. I got to spend a lot more time with her and be in, stay in touch with her since then. And I just supported the hell out of her when she ran for president. I can't wait for her to run again. We'd be yeah. lucky to have her. And I just think the world of her, but she really being able to spend time with her has been such a blessing and a gift in my life. And talk about somebody who really understands the money vibration and the service involved in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I was telling you before, you know, like this book for me absolutely changed. I've read a lot of wealth consciousness books, but that was the first time that I saw money from a spiritual lens, that it, it was not just what society wants us to believe about it. And it made it so okay in so many ways to, not just okay, it made it my my right, my obligation, my responsibility to make money.
1: Yes, that is right. It is a responsibility because if we do not make money, we cannot be of service. I could not support her campaign the way I did if I didn't have money. I could, there's people, I was able to give away my stimulus because I had money. I was able to, to donate to a lot of causes that this year really needed it with right. my money that I wouldn't right. be able to help in person. I can only help with my dollars. Right. It is oh. our right. I mean, it is, really and it is our, our responsibility. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's our, well, and you've mentioned privilege a couple of different times. And, and I ask myself that a lot, what am I meant to do? I am privileged. So how can I make this world a better place because of it? Not despite what you know what I mean, and and yeah. I—that's I, a big one for me—is we have a responsibility right. to make money, and it's abundant and it's out there for us. And once we get over our fears and our hangups over it, you can absolutely do some amazing stuff in this world. Just like you said, your stimulus so, stimulus supporting Marianne with
1: yeah. you know
0: her campaign, and I just I like what Abraham says, and and I always think of this too—you can't get poor enough to help poor people.
1: <laughs> exactly, that's right. right? And Doesn't so happen.
0: that's not the way to help the world. And the way to help the world is use your skills and gifts and abilities that were God given to, um, to create and right. make this a better place.
1: Exactly. And you make money with your mind. So take good care of it.
0: Thoughts are things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. This yeah. has been such, such a pleasure to have you in here. And I know everybody's loving you, loving your energy, loving everything you've shared. So tell us a couple of things. Where can they find you? Where can they follow you? And how can they work with you?
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much for asking. So first of all, you can find me on Instagram at Cassie Underwood. It's K-A-S-S-I Underwood, U-N-D-E-R-W-O-O-D, just like Carrie. And um, I'm also on Facebook at Cassie Underwood Author. And the what I just rolled out, I'm so excited about. It's called Money Metaphysics for Maverick Mothers. And it is a six-month group program where there's also a one-on-one option um, for mothers who want to learn the metaphysics of money. It's also for all, all women, anybody who identifies as a woman um, who's feeling out motherhood, who's thinking about motherhood, because there are so many beliefs that we're inundated with about what it means to be a mom and to make money, to have time to make the money and be a, and and be a mom. And if you're, you know, a good mom and making money, is that even possible? We're gonna release all those beliefs and really have you meet your financial goals and learn the metaphysics of it that you'll be able to use for the rest of your life. So join us. It's like the group that's forming right now is incredible. You can book a free consultation with me. Just go to Cassieunderwood.com forward slash MMM.
0: Or M. Or M. <laughs> love it. Money.
1: What is it? Money
0: metaphysics for
1: maverick mothers? Money metaphysics for maverick mothers.
0: <laughs> I love it. That sounds Not amazing. And it is so needed because that is a big thing. Mothers need to learn how to take a stand for the and, I think, and, and really believe you can be a mother and really rock it out with making money and, and what you do in this world.
1: Yeah. And continue to be yourself and continue to go after your dreams. Mm -hmm. I love
0: that. Thank you so much, Cassie, for being here with us tonight. I know how grateful everybody is. Go follow Cassie on—I watch you all the time on Instagram. You guys need to check her out on Instagram for sure if you're not already following her, and uh, just soak it all in. And then, you know, if you're a mother, definitely get in on that uh, on that mastermind. That sounds amazing.
1: Mothers, mothers to be, and women preparing for or feeling out motherhood—you're all welcome into this. It's an incredible. In fact, the most people have signed up are not mothers yet. So, yeah. To everyone.
0: Good. All right. So, thank you again so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been yeah. amazing.
0: All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also,